Welcome to the Planning Parent Podcast, where we talk to real parents and professionals about solutions and strategies to minimize the hustle and bustle that we parents face daily. This is a place where you will come to listen, learn, and share about all things parenting. I am your host, Krista Hermans. I am a busy mom to two little girls, a wife and estate planning attorney with a focus on families with minor children, an entrepreneur, scuba diver, and golf hobbyist. My passion is helping families create simplicity and bliss in their everyday lives. Welcome to our show. Today, I have Crystal, the parenting coach with me. Crystal is a certified life coach and Canadian homeschooling mother of four. She loves to travel, play board games, and read. She combines life coaching tools and connection-based parenting to help parents heal their relationships with their children from the inside out. Crystal also has a podcast called the Freedom Moms Podcast, which has amazing parenting advice and great tools and resources for parents. Thank you so much for joining me, Crystal. Thank you. And thanks for shouting out my awesome podcast. I, th- I think it has pretty good tools on it, it too. It really does. I mean, you have, I listened to it and that's, um, I found you originally on Instagram and from Instagram, I started listening to your podcast. So your marketing is working there. Um, <laughs> and, um, I just, I relate to you a lot and I, I feel like a lot of parents do just the information that you put out there. I mean, just the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis is stuff that you're, you know, putting things and information on and you, I mean, even in, I mean, just the resources you have all of these tools and books you recommend and things. And I think that's just, it's such a great service to parents because it helps us, right? It makes sure that we are not having to go and track down this information. And it's, you know, it's like getting a referral from a friend. So yeah, I love it. Thank you. So today I want to talk about different parenting styles, right? As a mom, I have two kids, two girls. Um, They are almost five and seven. And I feel like, you know, sometimes am I doing it right, right? Just, you know, things that I see other people doing and the things that I want to do for my kids. And so I just, I have this idea that there are different parenting styles, right? Depending on the parents and their background and the things that they believe in and what's important to them. Um, And so that's really what I want you to help, help us with, right? Is understanding what, what different parenting styles are. Yeah. So I'm going to use an example because, um, I think, I think we'll get into this a little bit more, but, um, we often look at other people and then compare our parenting to their parenting and feel like we're doing it wrong. So I think that that's kind of the underlying belief that we'll dig into is this idea that, that there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it and that we're doing it wrong. But basically I'm going to use my mother-in-law as an example. My mother-in-law loves to play She's like the most engaged, like she's just right in there with them. She's like down on her hands and knees and playing and they're having a great time and they love doing it. And it might be easy for me to be like, oh shoot, like I probably need to be more imaginative or more creative, right? And I I see other people who are kind of imaginative, creative, looking at other people thinking, oh, I probably need to be a little bit more structured or firm or like you know, feed my kids, you know, more healthy, well-balanced meals or whatever it is. Like we all look at somebody else and think that they're doing it better because we only see their strengths and we only pick out our weaknesses. Um, And I think the play one is one that comes up with almost every client. In fact, I just spoke with the client on that same thing this morning. And he was like, I don't want to like play snakes and ladders every day. Like that's just not my thing. It's mine too. I, I, 
to be completely honest, like I am not the play type of mom. Like I, like, it's not fun for me to be like, I want to go play Barbies on the floor with my kids. Um, I love setting the stuff up. I love planning activities, but then it makes me think like, well, why don't I want to do that? Like, why did I have kids if I don't want to get on the floor and play with them for these specific things? And so it, you know, that's where, you know, I have this issue. So I, I completely understand that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's so common for us to think that way. Like, oh, we should want to play more, which makes us want to play less actually. Cause then we feel even worse about not enjoying it and we overthink it while we are playing with them. Um, and often I think that there's like two sides to this. One is that, that underlying belief of like that we're doing it wrong. Um, but the other thing is just playing off our strengths instead of focusing so much on our weaknesses. Right. So maybe one of my strengths is that I really love to read. I'm going to use this as a personal example, because this is mine. I don't love to get down on my hands and knees and play like, you know, imagination play with them. I do let myself do that sometimes and that's okay. And I can like set an alarm and be like, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to, you know, wrestle with my kids or play this imaginary story game or whatever whatever. But I do try and find ways that I can connect with them that are ways that I enjoy also. So I love reading out loud to them. We love reading books together. And that is something that we've kind of grown into because I was trying to think about, okay, what can I do in to connect with them in a way that we both enjoy? So I don't have to be like pretending like I'm really enjoying talking about Minecraft for 10 hours a day. Right. So, so instead I'm like, okay, let's do this thing together. That can be anything that can be playing outdoors. That can be crafting. Like my kids love to build and they love to be creative and craft and paint. And that's still play, right? It doesn't have to be like imaginary play. They play imaginary play on themselves all the time. So that's fine. So I think part of it is just like figuring out what our strengths are and then just playing off of that instead of like overthinking our weaknesses, because we probably are more playful than we even think that we are. And it's not all about, you know, being playful and being creative all the time. But like I said, I think the bigger issue that all of us probably can relate to is that comparison of like, they're doing it this way. That means that I'm doing it the wrong way. Therefore, there's something wrong with me or I'm not enough, which is the underlying belief that 95% of humans face that leads to shame, right? If you ever listen to Brene Brown, she talks about how 95% of humans feel shame and the other 5% are sociopaths. So that's pretty much what we all deal with. And one of those beliefs really is that like, I'm not enough or there's something wrong with me. Yeah. So this is where the mom shaming comes in, right? That you have this, Mm -hmm. this idea, you see these other people, you see these other moms that are doing these activities Mm -hmm. with their kids. And then you have this idea, like, am I enough? Am I not doing things right for my kids? And then it just kind of brings you down this rabbit hole of continuing to think bad Mm -hmm. about yourself. Yes, exactly. And whenever we are parenting from a feeling of shame, we create more shame. It's exactly the opposite of what we want, but we create more of it. We yell more. We are more frustrated. We withdraw more. We play less. All of those things that we think we're doing wrong are amplified when we stay in this cycle. And the cycle happens because of think, feel, do. The way that we think creates how we feel and that fuels what we do. So if we're thinking I'm doing this wrong or I'm not enough or I'm ruining my kids, then we're gonna be feeling shame or guilt or frustration or whatever. And what's coming from that is just gonna increase more of that. We're gonna be more frustrated, more agitated, more withdrawn, more disconnected. And so um, the, the kind of the path to change is believing something different. And 
along these same lines, when you said mom shaming, a lot of us like, you know, feel like, oh, they're calling me out because I didn't breastfeed for long enough, or I'm co-sleeping, or I'm not co-sleeping, or I'm homeschooling, or I'm not homeschooling, or I'm working from home, or I'm not working, right? There's like so much of it on both sides there, because that belief of like, there's one right way to do it is so across the board, which is so not true. There is not one right way to be human. There's not just one right way to think or to be in pretty much any situation. We're all unique and we all have our own strengths and weaknesses. And when we can allow ourselves to have our own right way without the other person being wrong, then we're not going to feel that mom guilt or shame so much. So for instance, if I see somebody call someone out on the internet for something mean, you know, like you shouldn't be doing this or, you know, your house isn't clean enough or whatever. If I have an underlying belief that that is true, if it's, then it's going to bring out a lot more hurt and resentment and defensiveness from me because I'm going to be like, oh, that is true, right? This happens almost instantly. So you might not even notice it's happening, but shame turns to blame in almost a second. So we feel that shame and we immediately don't like how it feels. So we turn it to blame and kind of move it outwards. We're like, oh, wait, that's you. You shouldn't be calling out people like that. That's so, that's so mean of you. Why would you say that to people? But if that person randomly said something on the internet and we didn't already kind of underlying believe that about ourselves, if it didn't bother us at all, if we knew that we were a great mom and that we were confident and like we were okay with our house being messy, then it's not going to bother us. So for instance, I'm totally okay with my house being messy. I'm more than okay with it. If you've seen my reels, I post my messy house pretty regularly on my reels. And if somebody commented and was like, man, you must be a terrible mom because your house is messy. I'd be like, oh, they, they must be having a rough day or like, oh, they must, you know, have a really clean house. I don't know. Like it just wouldn't bother me in the same way. But if underneath that, I'm like, oh, I am a bad mom because my house is messy then it's going to bother me so much more. So the key to all of this is really just believing um, and feeling confident in our parenting abilities and not focusing so much on what other people are saying or doing or how they're parenting, dropping that comparison and just be confident in us instead. Hey, if you are enjoying our show, please make sure to subscribe to the Planning Parent podcast and join our community on Facebook at The Planning Parent, where we share resources, you can interact with our guests, you can share your experiences, and be part of our parenting community. Now back to our show. So in your confidence... How do you build that confidence, right? If, if, if you see all of these moms around you, like, for example, for me, like I am a working mom. And so, it, you know, there's, for me, it's finding that balance. And I think I do a really great job of having that work-life balance, but I can't be there at all the things that the other moms can be at. And they can't do this stuff because I choose to work more, right? And where they may work some or may not work at all. But how do you build that confidence that it's okay, the things that I'm doing so that you aren't kind of going down this, this shameful hole? Yeah, that's a really great question because it's so easy for us to see if we wanted to build muscles that we'd go to the gym or we would get an online YouTube class or maybe we'd get like a yoga mat and we would learn from other people and be like, okay, I don't know how to build this muscle. So let's figure out how I can build this muscle. 
Um, but self-confidence is actually a muscle that we build. It's not something that we are naturally just in tune with. I think we are when we're younger, actually. My kids are very self-confident and I think little kids usually are. They think they're pretty amazing, right? But then kind of the world gets to us and our thoughts get to us and we start swirling in all this self-doubt and mistrust of ourselves and all of these other things. So anyway, so if we want to be building those muscles, we have to actually intentionally be working at it. It's not just going to happen overnight. And I want to mention the difference between confidence and self-confidence. Confidence is external. So confidence is like, I learned that I'm a great public speaker because I spoke in public. Maybe I took a bunch of classes. Maybe I practiced. Maybe people said that they thought I did a really good job. So now I have this confidence in that skill. Well, the problem is maybe I go and speak and I do a terrible job or I mess up my words or somebody says I do a bad job. That confidence can be taken away because it is external, because it's based on something specific that's kind of outside of me. Self-confidence isn't a specific, it's not being self-confident specifically in like, you know, my public speaking abilities. It's just my belief in myself. It's just an overall belief in the self and it's intrinsic. So even if I do go to that public speaking event and I do a terrible job and forget all of my words or whatever, trip and fall on the way up there, that I can still love and believe in myself and I can just go and do it again because I know it was just one random time that it happened, right? So self-confidence has to do with our love for ourself, our trust of ourself, our belief in ourself. So um, in growing that, the goal is to believe something that we don't already believe, which sounds a little bit weird right? It's like trying to decide intentionally that I'm going to believe something different. So for instance, with your example, like maybe I sometimes think that I do work too much, that I'm not spending enough time with my kids, that I should be home more with them. Well, we need to uncover what those current beliefs are. And then we need to decide what we do want to believe in the future intentionally. So one of the tools that I created, I just made up a name for it, but I call it negative de-affirmations. It's like the opposite of positive affirmations because everyone's all about positive affirmations, which can be really helpful if you already almost believe them. So if I stand in front of a mirror and I'm like working on a belief, like I love myself and I'm worthy of love and belonging, and I already mostly believe that it's probably going to be helpful. But if most of me is like shouting from the inside, like, no, you're not. Like you're, you're ruining it. You are not doing a good job, right? It doesn't matter how many times I say that or write it down or monitor it to the skies. It is not going to work. So negative deaffirmations is writing down what I want to believe. So if we go back to our confidence, it could be, I am the perfect mom for my child. I'm doing a great job. I'm loving. I'm kind. I have the answer that my kids need. So we can write all those down on a piece of paper. And maybe we have three or four or five of them we're working on. And then we go to the other side of the paper and we allow our brain to answer what we really believe now. So for example, if one of them is, you know, I'm an amazing mom, we're going to just listen to our brains and let our brains kind of go wild on, why do I not think I'm an amazing mom? Well, you fed your kids cereal for dinner. You missed their basketball practice. You dropped them off late for school, right? We're going to write all of that down. And the, the real power in changing is working on those. Is that really true? Is there another way that I could view this? Does this really mean that I'm a terrible mom? And going through all of those negative thoughts that come up are going to be how you'll actually change the belief. And what you notice is that as you really dig through those and work through them, I call it poking holes in them. As you poke holes in those, in those current beliefs, it'll allow you to move into your new belief a lot more seamlessly. You'll kind of just already be there without having tried to push yourself to believe something new. Yeah. 
I like that um, poking holes in the negative side because mm -hmm. the stuff that it comes up, like the four things that you mentioned, like in, in the whole scheme of things, like really, is that making you a bad mom? Right. It's just, and yeah. so it's, yeah, I mean, I, that, that makes sense that I think that's a great, that's a great tool and a great strategy. Yeah. It's like poking holes. I think of it like a balloon. Like I have this balloon and I have like a dull knife and I'm trying to like poke a hole in this balloon with this dull knife and it might take some time. It's not like you can just be like, oh yeah, I see where I'm in error here. Now let's fix this. But it's just that constant questioning of like, does this really mean I'm a bad mom? In what ways am I a good mom? What am I doing really well? What does a good mom even look like? And the more that we can truly sit down and question and analyze that, the more we can believe something new. And the more that we practice those new beliefs will be like us going to the gym, but a gym for our brain instead of a gym for our muscles. Mm -hmm. And we'll just build and grow that over time. And increase that confidence level. Mm -hmm. okay. So you had talked about like for your example and, and finding ways to connect with your kids and reading right? It's something that you enjoy. Do you have any examples or ways that as parents, we can find ways to connect with our kids, right? To be able to find those things that we can do together that are going to help us connect with them. Yeah. I think I would first of all, think about what are things I enjoy doing. So for me, I enjoyed reading. It wasn't something at this time, this was years ago that I had even really thought about recently. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that. I like swimming. I like being outdoors. So I just tried including them in things that I already did enjoy because I knew that that was going to be where I was going to have fun and that we would be able to connect more in that way. Going back to think, feel, do again, the way we think creates how we feel and that fuels what we do. We focus so much on the do. We're like, what can I do to connect with my kids? Right? Like, how can I do more to connect with them? But I think an even more powerful question is, what can I think to connect with my kids? So instead, focusing on what are thoughts that lead to connection? What's somebody that I feel really connected to already? And what do I think about them? And what do I think about my kids? Is there some thoughts that maybe I have about one or two or all of my kids that kind of lead to disconnection? So some thoughts that I hear are they're disrespectful or they don't listen to me or we're struggling, we don't have a great relationship, we don't get along very well. Those kinds of thoughts are going to lead to a very different energy and to very different actions than if instead we choose to believe, my child loves me, I love spending time with them, I love them, they're so fun, they're so interesting, they're so engaging. The more thoughts that we can create and believe that will lead to a feeling of connection because connection is, is an emotion that we can create, then we'll just naturally do those connecting things. Even if the connection is just like taking a minute to chat with them about their day or looking at them in the eyes or listening to them when they're speaking, even if it's about something that we're not totally interested in, that that connection can actually happen really naturally. And I, I still focus on the do thing. I still try to be like, okay, wait, today have I spent some time connecting? But I think we over-focus on what we can do and under-focus on what thoughts we can create that will naturally allow us to feel more connected. So I feel like, I mean, I, I, we're not going to get into this topic here, but um, just the connecting with your, with your kids is just this whole other like topic, right? Where you probably talk quite, quite a long time on it. But it's interesting because... You say that, you know, if, have I connected with my child today? And you're like, you know, by having a conversation with them, listening to them, where you're actually like looking at them, um, like I wouldn't normally think like that would be a connection, 
right? Like to me, and so maybe like I'm making it way more complicated than it needs to be. And again, my kids are young. And to me, it's like, okay, I have to plan this thing that we're going to do for me to be able to connect with them, right? right? And I'm trying to make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And I'm hearing you say something that is just way easier. It's so much easier. <laughs> it's so much easier. I mean, on the one hand, it's harder because we actually have to figure out how to create thoughts that lead to connection. And if our main thought about our kids is that like, we don't like playing with them or we don't connect with them well, or it's hard, it might take a little bit of time and effort to believe something new. But once we do, if we just thought, well, connecting is easy, it's fun. We connect really easily. We're going to wake up feeling so much less pressure right? We're going to feel so much less stress. And then we're just going to go throughout the day and we'll just naturally connect. So for me, connecting is like them looking me in the eyes, me telling them like, did you have a good day? What's going on with you? Oh, what are you building? Tell me about this. Oh, what are you reading? What do you like about this story? Right? And it's just, it's just going to naturally flow from who we are because we feel connected, right? Our best friend or our partner or whoever we feel really loving and connected to we don't usually have to intentionally be like, oh, wait, how can I connect? Let's like, you know, like we're not pushing it. It's just coming naturally. And it can come so naturally in the parent-child relationship also. Yeah. Whereas I'm over here trying to schedule my connection time with my kids because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. am I doing it right? I need to make sure it's on my calendar yes. because, you know, it's we're busy, right? I want to make sure we have that time. So I'm I'm making it way more complicated than it needs to be. And then you're probably feeling so much more pressure when it comes to that calendar item where it's like connect with kids. You're like, oh, this time has to be so good. And then it's less connected because you're focusing on trying to make it, you know, be this big mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Well, I feel good. Yeah. I feel- you probably already connected a lot more than I, you think. You know what? I, it, I didn't realize it was that easy, right? And I, like, I look at my kids and again, they're young. I mean, just the silliest things. Like I just see them, like when I am engaging with them, right? I see them so excited that, you know, that I'm having these conversations with them or I'm doing something with them. Or like, they'll ask me like, do you want to do this tic-tac-toe? Like they'll come Mm -hmm. up and ask me like, will you play tic-tac-toe with me? And then I'll say yes. And like, they get so excited that I am like taking time to be able to play these games with them. And so it's just like, I see that and I want more of that, right? I want them to be excited um, just more frequently, right, than, than I'm doing it now. So it's, um, but I think I'm also putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, I think if you took that pressure off, it would be. I would guess that you will start seeing that it's happening more naturally and more regularly than you yeah. think. Okay, well, I appreciate you coaching me through my parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, really hope that this um, just speaks to other parents that are listening because I feel like there's a lot of parents that are in a very similar situation that just need to know that, you know, you're doing a great job, right? You are a great parent. Don't have that shame that, like like me, that comes along with certain aspects of it. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for, again, parent coaching me today. Um, Not intended, but hopefully again, (laughs) it will connect some other parents. You did have something though that I wanted to mention that you brought up. Um, So you do a workshop, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So why don't you tell me about the workshop if anybody's interested? So it really wraps um, up so well what we've been talking about today because um, I think we all have in mind what kind of a parent we want to be. We're like, well, we want to be more connected and we want to be more accepting and more respectful and more loving. And I think especially coming from generations where that wasn't the norm, where there was a lot of yelling and spanking and timeouts and grounding, and that was the norm. 
we notice that and we see that differentiation and we're like, okay, we don't want that for our kids. We want to break this cycle, but we're not really sure how. There's five things that keep us stuck from parenting in the way that we want. The biggest one is shame, that mom guilt of not loving where we're at, not loving the way that we're doing it. Um, there's also emotional reactivity, so um, not knowing how to respond to those big emotions when they come up inside of us because we haven't really been taught that skill. Um, another one is personalization, so making other people's behavior, our kids' behaviors mean something about us, right? When they don't listen, we're like, oh, that must be because I'm doing it wrong. There's a couple other ones that, that we, we dig into also, and one of my favorite ones is digging into your intuition, so learning how to listen to what uh, the truth that's already inside of you. So the truth is that we are our child's answer, that we have the answers inside of us. But there's all these other thoughts and beliefs going on that block us from being able to tap into what's already there. And so when we can tune out all of that kind of background noise and tune into what's already going on inside of us, that kind of parenting it comes from that healed space. It's very intuitive. It's very flowy. It's very compassionate. It's very loving. It's the kind of parenting that we all desire, I think, deep down. So that's what we go over in this workshop. It's called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Parenting. I do the workshop every few months and um, it's free for anyone to join. And it's it's really great. I mean, we don't eat ice cream. We can probably cry a lot, but it's like that kind of great, like healing great, you know? Okay. Well, great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that is, again, just another really great resource that you provide in your content. So you are on Instagram. Make sure to follow Crystal. She is the.parenting.coach on Instagram. We will link all of her contact information as well as her free parenting personality quiz, which I took. Um, I know what my personality is like, and I think I'm slightly... <laughs> And another one, because I can see some attributes for that, which I mean, obviously makes sense. You're not all in one. Um, but I, I highly recommend you connect with Crystal and, you know, listen to her podcast, follow her on Instagram. I do. And I think, again, you provide such amazing content. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for the Planning Parent Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, write a review, and share our podcast. Please check the show notes for resources and all the ways to connect with us, including joining our community on Facebook at The Planning Parent, and follow us on Instagram at The Planning Parent. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and got some great solutions and strategies to help you achieve the simplicity and bliss you deserve. And remember, take a deep breath. You do matter. You're doing a great job.